Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror, and tonight I guess just keep getting better and better. Tonight's guest is a young lady I've known only for a little under a month. When I heard about her, when I've seen her in person and found out about what she stands for, I was like a little kid. I had to bring her on the show, and that is the the one and only Mrs. LaQuisha Hall. So before we get started, I want you guys to remember that you can chime in by pressing the number one on your phone, um, and then you know, then you'll be ready to ask questions when it's time, or you know, give any comments. And as always, let me bring on our lovely co-host, Nichelle Johnson. Welcome back to the show, Nichelle. Thank you so much, Hezekiah. Super excited for tonight's show with LaQuisha. And LaQuisha, we welcome you to the Man in the Mirror platform. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to join both of you tonight. Thank you, thank you. Yay. All right. Excellent. Before we start, we're, as always, we're going to start in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for everything you've done throughout this day, Lord. We thank you for all the preparation that went out for this show, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this Thanksgiving season. We just pray that people will be listening in. People will know that is a light at the end of the tunnel. They will know that you are there, that they will know that you They're not the only one going through. They will know that there are people just out there ready to help them, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for lying down. We thank you, Lord, for waking up, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the weekend that's coming. And help us all to remember not to be just thinking of self for this Thanksgiving season, but, Lord, to be thinking about others. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And before we begin... Before we begin, I'm going to give a little background about Ms. Hall. LaQuisha Hall is the unbothered queen of confidence. goes far beyond what is expected of her. There was a time in LaQuisha's life where she was not confident in much. She struggled with she struggled through low self-esteem due to being naturally thin, witnessed domestic violence as a child, and was sexually abused by clergy as a teen. Now an international advocate for herself and others, LaQuisha actively works to empower women and youth to overcome catastrophe through contoured con- uh, confidence. And with that said, again, welcome to the show, Miss LaQuisha or LaQuisha. And we just want to um, we want to dive right in. Um, there's so much out there about you, and I really enjoyed the She Rose Awards program because that was the first time that I've actually had a chance to go see something like that. But um, I'm going to dive right in because I always, you know, try to do a little research and try to just get you to give us your insight of what has been going on with you. And it's three things, three dynamic things that I picked out of that statement that I was reading. And um, you said that you struggled with, struggled through low self-esteem. Um, tell our listening audience what that was like. Oh well, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you to you because I appreciate you joining us for our second annual Sea Rose Awards. 
uh, it's very hard sometimes to get people in the audience for this cause. And so the fact that you came out, it meant a whole lot to me and to the honorees. So thank you for that. And I I just want to also say that when you talk about low self-esteem, you have to know there's a root to that. Uh, we meet a lot of young people, even adults, that struggle with their image, struggle with themselves, being confident in themselves, and it all stems from something. So growing up, I, as you've read, watched a lot of domestic violence in my household. It happened between my parents, and a lot of times the children are forgotten when those things occur. We just want to run and save the victim and abuser, my mother and my father, so to speak, and what about the children? Where's the counseling and the support and the help for them? They witness these things. And so as a result of not getting any type of support, I carry that burden into being victimized, again, as uh, through sexual abuse at the hands of a pastor who was also a family member. So at the end of the day, I didn't feel worth anything. I watched the woman in, in my life who I called mom be mistreated or mishandled. I also witnessed and, and lived through being mistreated and mishandled myself. So when I went to school, when I encountered other people, having low self-esteem was natural for me because I didn't feel worth anything. I just felt that, you know, I was a person who should be beat on, used, abused, and <laughs> just, you know, left to the side. And I also thought during that time as a teen that, there was a such thing as a perfect life. And, you know, a lot of times we're naive when we're young, but I just felt like I encountered so many other young people who had these great relationships with their parents and they lived in these nice homes, they seemed safe, and I didn't feel like I came from that kind of environment. So as a result, I just felt really down about myself. And honestly, that's where a lot of the low self-esteem came from. I believe that if, someone had poured into me the way I'm attempting to pour into young people now that I may not have plummeted so far. So at this point, you know, I can say with confidence that that was not a great feeling, (laughs) and it was very hard to pull myself up from that place. Yeah, I I think that, and this is Michelle. Hi, LaQuisha. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I I think that really what you are doing, especially uh, the pouring into young girls since you experienced that at a young age and then being able to turn around and, one, conquer it, and then, two, pour into our young women. I just think it is the most beautiful thing, and that's one of the main reasons I admire you and what you do. Thank uh, you so much. I I appreciate that. Yes, and I I think it's beautiful. And what, I guess, what what are the the things that you're seeing? I mean, not to be specific or whatever, but Mm -hmm. a lot of us could look out and, and see a lot of, um, things that the young women are going through, um, mm-hmm. and definitely the 
you know, some of them may be in abusive homes. But I guess, like, what are, right. what are you seeing the most or what's, what's really been going on with our young women? You know, you've been able to really contact and, and um, deal with them closely for a little while now. So I, I just wondered if, it, if it's something other than what we've been thinking or seeing. Well, one of the things that has been a, a common denominator in a lot of the conversations that I've had with individual girls and with groups of girls is that they don't feel that anyone's listening to them. So uh, similarly to me growing up, my mother, she wasn't in a place where she could really cater to me because she was trying to overcome what she had gone through herself. And so as a result, you know, her listening to her children, her spending that time with her children kind of fell by the wayside. So I'm hearing that that story repeated back to me. My students saying, I'm trying to talk to my mom. She's not trying to hear me. My dad, he can't hear me. She's not home. He's not in the home. My parents are separated. So they just feel like they don't know who to turn to, and I totally understand that feeling because it was the same feeling that I had as a teen. And as a result, a lot of them are turned into the wrong things, and then we look at it as bad behavior <laughs> as adults. And so I really feel that if we took the time to listen, a lot of times mentorship is just listening. I don't have to give you advice. I don't have to take you to the movies or out for ice cream. You just want someone to know that they care and that they're listening to you. And so when I offer that opportunity these young ladies, they change. They shine. They light up. I've had some of the roughest girls in my school sit and smile and laugh and chat with me like a regular teenager, as they should. But these are some of the same young girls that other people have looked at and said, um, she's out of control, she's disruptive, she's rude. You know, all these things, and then they see her interacting with me, and they're like, how did you get her to do that? I just listened. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I think that plays a, a really big role. We have a lot of young people as well who are, as a result of not being heard, turn into um, attempts and suicide, turn into sex, becoming pregnant, and then having abortions. It just comes up almost monthly in my life and in the, in the lives of the young girls that I work with. So listening, it's a, that's a big thing that they desire. Wow. I think that <laughs> that is really awesome because now I don't, I don't know um, if what you're saying is these young girls are coming from abusive homes, but I'm, from listening to you, it sounds like they could come from any kind of home. Mm-hmm. And yes, and still experience the same thing. So I, I think that is is uh, super important. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, you did say something um, that was a key emphasis in my mind. We and a friend of mine, my best friend, told me this years ago: when you're going through, when things are going on, there's always a root. To the issue, there's a root to the problem. Mm-hmm. People today, adults, many adults, they don't try to get to the root. What you try to do is just get to the root and see what's going on. All they're right. trying to do is heal the system, heal the symptom, without even not knowing what the root issue is. 
And the key thing you said is they are just everything that they're doing, the pregnancies, they're acting up, the, you know, whatever they're doing in school, out of school, in the neighborhood, out the neighborhood, that's just, those are just symptoms. No one had decided to say, okay, what is the real issue? Yes. What is the deep down embedded issue that we can start there and then work our way out. And the simple thing you did was I listened. The other teachers couldn't figure out what was going on. All you did, right. I listened. I did with you. You or you talked to them instead of talk right. with them. There's a difference to talk to a person than actually talking, you know, through a person. Many times, you know, teachers will talk to them. Kids can't get a word out. Right. And you know that kids can't get a word out, but when you talk to them and then give them a chance to vent, give them a chance to listen, give them a chance to hear what you got to say, that's a whole big different ball game. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I've experienced it firsthand. I mean, it still has been even now, and and the age ranges range. I mean, it's, I've done this with. Middle school students all the way through high school seniors, and the story is the same. And, you know, I really feel like if we could just offer a, I don't know, like a forum for them where it's not just a mentor listening but their parents. I think if we had parents in the room hearing the conversations that I have with their children, they would be amazed and sad. You know, because a lot of these things they may have never heard before. But, you know, we come from, a lot of us come from that old school teaching of, you know, it's my way or highway. <laughs> and, you know, while our kids do need discipline and structure, they also need to know that they have a voice. Because if we don't teach them that when something really goes down, like sexual assault or teen dating violence, where's their voice then? You want them to to voice themselves at those times if you don't want them to voice themselves at any other time. So we can't turn it on and off. We have to let them know that we're always listening to their voice. So I agree with you. Excellent. You're listening live with The Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. We are enjoying a great conversation with Miss LaQuisha Hall, um, the founder of the She Rose Awards program, and she is just enlightening us. We're having a great time. If you want to call in, call in at 917-889-2271. That is 917-889-2271. I see Michelle. We have a few people in the chat room, so the chat room is going on a little bit, and Laquisha's in the chat room, so we're just having a great time tonight. Again, you can call in or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the man and the mayor. You can log in. We put the links out there. The event page is going on. We're just enjoying this, and we're learning a lot. Um, I did put some information in the event room, which I, and I actually did a pre-show a few days ago just to get people ready that that to know, uh, know that domestic violence is real. And LaQuisha, I'm getting back to you. No, I read about the decree, and I put that in the event page that um, President Obama came, um, actually developed. And I didn't know that the statistics were that one in four women 
and one in seven men are actually going through um, domestic violence in the, mm-hmm. in, the, in their home. Yes. Yes, it's a very common issue. It's also one that is very similar to what we just discussed about youth. Is one that this isn't given a voice either. There's so many issues that, you know, that are loud. Issues that are important, but people proclaim them to the world. Let's end breast cancer. Let's fight AIDS. Like, these are things that everyone talks about. But when it comes to sexual assault and domestic violence, we as a society become very quiet. And um, this is another one of those issues. Like, keep it in the family kind of mindset that we have as a society. And it's damaging our homes. It's damaging our families. These victims are trying to figure out who do I reach out to when no one's listening to this conversation, no one's having this conversation. So as a result, we're just experiencing this violence continue. And um, ever since I started my advocacy about a decade ago, these statistics have been the same. They haven't changed. And that's that's not okay. And so do you think, is this the first president that actually stood up? Is you know is Barack Obama the first president that you know of that ever stood up and said, okay, we have to do something about this? So other, I do remember that we've had other political leaders and presidents um, proclaim things for the month of October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, or even April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. They've proclaimed things. They've had a a meeting and, and a committee set up to create a press conference. But after that conference is over, the work has to continue, and I think that's the part that people forget. You can't just have an event and close the door at the end of the night and wake up the next day and start with another cause. You have to continue working hard for the cause. This is a – when people experience these issues, being abused, this is a lifelong journey that they have to heal from. And so as a result, this is a lifelong journey that we have to work on. <laughs> so at the end of the day, even like um, Shiro's Awards, where honored the honorees with an award for sharing their story, I didn't just drop them when the event ended. We have a private uh, Facebook group where I keep up with them. I challenge them to create their own projects and businesses that help and that continue the work in their communities in their own way and in their individualized ways. And I just feel like, you know, that's the part that's missing. You you have this great walk and race and everybody's wearing a purple or a teal ribbon, but what happens after that? Like these issues occur at night in private and bedrooms and homes with doors closed. But we can't just have a one-time event. We have to continuously work on these causes. And you are 100% correct with that because, you know, as you said, once the event is over, what the question is, what do we do? Do we just go home? Mm-hmm. Do we just, does it stop there? Or do we say, okay, where if you helped seven people, mm-hmm. those seven people will be able to help seven more people. All right. If you helped, and they helped those, and it just is an ongoing process where you and everything that you've done is almost like um, the example that Jesus Christ said. He didn't want the disciples just to, you know, he picked 12 disciples. 
he didn't want them just to stop with them. He told them, go ye therefore into all the nations. In other words, it doesn't just stop here. It goes on. You have to continue the work. I'm gone. But you have to continue the work. I mean, and that's basically what you're doing. You're helping them so they can help others. Um, and, And I'm, you know, I applaud you. Because this is the first, like I said, this is the first time I've heard of anything like that, and I think it's like the best thing ever. Because um, when I read that statistic, statistic of one in seven men, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it is true, it's true, because um, I was part of that years ago, um, and I did that in my mm-hmm. pre-show, and I just, you know, did, you know, and you never know what comes out of that, because again, a lot of men, if they're going through domestic violence, they don't want to say anything. They're not going to say anything because they think I'm a man. You know, what are other people going to say? But as men, you know, if if they don't say something, how is it going to stop? Because when you finally fight back or if you hit back, whatever, they're always going to take the woman's side, and that's not cool. Right. Because, you know, I always tell people there's a story behind everything. If you don't know it, you have to hear the whole story. Not just one part. Right. I totally agree. And then also I just wanted to um, tag along to that something that that I just shared in the chat room is that uh, the statistics that we hear about right now are only based on reports that are made. So we all know that Mm -hmm. there are a lot of reports that are not made. So the statistics. Statistics are not even accurate, to be honest with you. It's an increased number. If we had everyone in our society speak up and speak out and call, make a report when something has happened of this nature where they've been abused or violated in any way, then the statistics would be very different. So this is only based on what we know on reports. And... um, it's sad when you think about all of those. I am one of those people who did not report it initially, so I was one of the ones that uh-huh. fell under the radar. So you just think about all the kids and adults who are experiencing the abuse and they never reported it. They're not even included in that number. You're right. You you're right because I'm like you when I, you know it was you know I was young my first marriage and you know I mentioned this before like when we just and this could be another show you know I'm in love but you know you really don't know that person and you just go get married and then my my short the short version is I didn't know my first wife had an anger management problem mm-hmm. so for three three years off and on you know I was being beat pushed down a step got you know spit in the face. But I still smiled and went to work and went to church. She went to church. I went to church. We ended up going to the same church together. But when issues arose, this is what I went through. And right. um, and then I'm, you know, I'll share this. I was like a volcano. After a mm-hmm. while, after a while, you know, three three or four years off and on, it's like okay, enough is enough. And then, mm-hmm. again, I'm the one that end up, after I decide to hit back or fight back or just stop you from hurting me, I'm the one who end up going to jail for a night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, I was one of the ones, and then I, and I, here's the funny part, I'm the one that had to go to court and then go take anger management classes in the, um, at the court in order to stay out of jail. 
So, you know, it's the things, like you said, the ones that aren't reported. You right. Know, you know, the statistics, if they decide to find out all the ones who have been reported against all the ones, I think they will balance out. Mm-hmm. Or be more. Yes. I agree. I agree. I was actually, I was looking at uh, one of the websites that uh, our listener, Healing Through Hurt, posted in the room. And, I mean, it's one of the statistics. I posted it in the room where they were saying 38 million women have had some sort of experience with uh, intimate partner violence, and I was just—I think that took me back for a minute. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And and, yeah. that, and like you were saying, that's the reported. That's reported. Mm-hmm. So just—I mean, it, it's just blowing my mind. That's a—you know—that is a, a huge amount of women, and I think that is worldwide because of us. Uh, the other statistics are saying U.S. So that's worldwide, mm-hmm. but even still, that is just a huge number. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we are winding down. Where um, you are, we are live with Amanda Mara, with host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. We are live with Miss LaQuisha Hall. Um, of the She Rose of Wish program, and she's a dynamite woman. You can call in at 917-889-2271, 917-889-2271. Um, call in, come into the chat room online, and just, you know, they're having a good time in the chat room, ask some questions, and she's answering the questions. So, you know, it's a lot going on right now, but we're having a nice time because we're learning a lot. I've been working hard this week trying to get some information, and michelle has been getting her information, and we're just letting LaQuisha give us the information because, you know, like I said in my um, pre-show, domestic violence is real. Many people don't think mm-hmm. about it, but, again, Domestic violence is real. We talked about the statistics of what was reported, but we're not mentioning that, you know, there's a lot that hasn't been reported as well. And I like when she mentioned that because we got to, you know, if we put those numbers together, then what it would be. Would it change things? You know, would the courts look at everything differently? Because I'm sure they know that there's, I'm sure they already know that there's a lot out there that hasn't been reported. But the ones that do get reported, you know, are nothing compared to the ones that haven't been reported. Because she, like me, you know, when we was going through and when I was going through in that part of my life, I didn't report it, but then, which was not good for me, and I'll be honest, because if I reported, maybe the outcome would have been different. Because then, right. you know, women can go to jail too, or women can get locked up, you know, for the men that are going through it. Sometimes women think, well, if you hit me or if I hit you, nothing can happen. Well, I think everything that's going on right now, and they're about to start taking women, they're taking women to jail as well. So, you know, right. you know, we don't, you know, we're supposed to love each other. We can't love each other if you, you know, I would tell people, if you get that angry, walk away. Go take a drive, take a walk, run, do something. But it can't get to the point where, you know, we're hurting each other, especially if both of you are in the church. 
Yeah, I agree. That is also the reason that um, I created Shiro's Awards because of the lack of reporting that exists, I believe, in the power of speaking the word of your testimony that can cause the healing in your life to begin. And so as a result, you know, I wanted to create a platform or a safe place where the person who was ready to speak out could have that opportunity, be honored, and have someone supporting them through the process. And that also can be missing sometimes. Sometimes we want to come forward. We want to ask for help, but we don't have anyone that will kind of guide us or hold our hands through that process. And we need that. We're emotional creatures and and being loved and being cared for is important to us. So um, everything that you just described and articulated is the very reason why I created She Rose. All of the people that have been honored within the last two years are people who have just held their stories to themselves. They've never told anyone. And so why are we keeping this a secret? Let me help you expose this. So you can begin your healing process. So once you open that up, you can now take that, that long side breath of fresh air and just say, I have released it. And when you release things like that into the atmosphere, that's also a way of saying to God, I'm giving this to you. But when we keep it to Amen. ourselves, we're trying to hold on to it. And so I just believe in the power of speaking the word of our testimony. Amen. And with that said, we're going to take a little break. We're going to have a few notes from our um, supporters. Uh, we'll take a few minutes break, and we'll be back um, live with the man in the mirror, with your host, Hezekiah Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. Again, if you want to call in, call in at 917-889-2271. That's 917-889-2271. Um, a few notes from our supporters, Music Instruction for All Learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. Again, that phone number is 443 443- Five seven four fifty four ninety one, and please visit us on our new and improved website at www.mifalinc.org. That's Mefal Inc. www.mefalinc.org. Another sponsor is the Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and extremely talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. Please hold on. We will be back in a few minutes. This is your man, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, um, taking a few minutes break. And when we come back, we'll be back live with, again, Ms. LaQuisha Hall of the Shiro's Awards Program.
Laquisha, what is couture confidence? Well, the word, first of all, I just want to say I love fashion. I love looking good. I love feeling good. It's a part of being confident overall. And the word couture just means customized. So when you watch a fashion show or even, like, something that everyone in society knows about, like the Victoria's Secret runway show, all of those ensembles are coutured because they're outfits that you wouldn't see duplicated in mass amounts. And that's how I see people. We're not duplicated in mass amounts. We're very unique. We have our own individualized purposes that have been ordained and given to us by God. And so we have to do a deep search within ourselves to identify what our uniqueness is and be confident in moving forward in that. So, And then, you know, of course, the, the beauty aspect and clothing aspect of the word couture just is enlightening to me, and I love it. <laughs> but... Overall, my personal goal is to make sure that people know that you don't have to be a cookie cutter or a replica of someone else, that you have your own purpose and calling that's been divinely given to you. Okay, I like that. I'm glad I got the word right because I kept trying to figure out how do you pronounce this word. (laughs) (laughs) It was just driving me crazy. It's like, how do you pronounce this word? But um, I I, I give myself an A-plus on that one because I got it right. Yes. But um, and that's one thing. That's one thing our young people um, actually suffer through because everybody wants to be a Beyonce or everybody yeah. wants to be. Um, I, I can't even remember, but everybody wants to be you know one of those rich people that got you know that looks like this and have all that money. We all can't be that. Yeah. You know, and we all don't need every, to. Every man is not, and I'm going to put it out there, ladies, every man is not going to be a Denzel Washington. Just remember that. <laughs> you all probably would want a Denzel Washington, but we're not always going to be a Denzel Washington. Right. Yeah. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with having an inspiration. I just wanted to note that there's nothing wrong with being inspired. Maybe there's a quality or characteristic that someone has displayed that you desire. Nothing wrong with mimicking that. But to take on their whole character, that's that's not ordained by God. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so you can take yeah, on some of the qualities, to... but again, go ahead, Michelle. I was just going to say, I just want to say that the dress that you had on at the She Rose Awards was fabulous. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> it was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, you know, I I um, see your posts, you know, at times on Facebook when you are, um, you know, posing and taking pictures. And that is definitely the, that couture confidence. I love that, and that that is definitely what you excuse and Thank what you. you try. Yes, and and what you actually try to um, bring to other people. I remember we were at an event, and you just you just grabbed my hand. I was standing next to you, and you just grabbed my hand, and it was just so comforting. And you were like, "Hi, Queen." <laughs> and I was, I was like, hey. <laughs> you know, it just, it just made me immediately 
Like, you know, I felt like a queen when you said it because the way you said it is like, yeah, you're a queen. Hi, how you so? I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just thought that, you know, just that little piece of just, you were just saying hi, but just the way that, that you exude that. And I'm sure that any, you know, whether it's a young woman or an older woman that spends time with you and, and, um, is able to learn that from you and receive that from you, I know it just has to be a blessing to be able to have somebody reflect that onto you because that that just in that instant made me feel like a queen. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm so glad. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm so glad it made you feel that way. You know, people tell me that I do stuff like that in a long time. Um, And, a lot of times I don't mean anything by it. Some people do get upset. You know, it, you know, I have um, a habit of trying to uh, help people on the spot. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I, one of the things that I also do is, in being confident, a lot of times, and I see this more so in women than I do in men, we will get complimented by other people and, our immediate reaction sometimes because we don't see ourselves the way other people see us is that we want to explain why they're wrong. Mm. And I just always think that that's so unfair, not that you did this, but I just think that's so unfair to the person who gave the compliment. They didn't want you to shut down what they said. They wanted you to accept it. So I've been on a crusade. I've been telling people, just say thank you, even if you don't agree. (laughs) Maybe you think your hair is all the way messed up. But if somebody told you that it looks beautiful, you just say thanks and accept it. <laughs> Amen. And, um, you know, so I just have a habit of just I tell you before you'll tell me. Like I don't even give you the opportunity to tell me you don't like how you look, you don't like how you feel. I'm going to call you a queen. I want you to feel good, and we're going to move forward from there. <laughs> yes, I love it. Amen. I- I just wanted to say for our uh sorry, Hezekiah, for our callers uh in the in the queue, if you would like to ask Laquisha a question or make a comment on what we've been talking about this evening, just press the number one on your phone and that'll put you in our queue to uh come online. I'm sorry, Hezekiah. Oh, that's fine. I just wanted to just make sure we don't get off without uh, we're under a little under um, 14 minutes, but I wanted to make sure that Miss LaQuisha gives us her contact information and how people, you know, if somebody wanted to be part of She Rose or give a story or anything, you know, give us your information so our listeners will be able to contact you if they want to. Oh, certainly. Thank you uh, for the opportunity. But people can find me online at LaQuisha Hall on all social media uh, my Twitter is the only one that's slightly different. It's Laquisha underscore Hall, and my website is LaquishaHall.com. And on my website is where callers or anyone who's listening can um, submit this story in order to be considered as an honoree for next year's Heroes Awards. And it's not a very grueling process. All they do is briefly share what they experienced and went through, and then you know, we would contact them back at the end of January, mid-February with how we'll proceed with their um, testimony. So if anyone's listening and, and would like to participate, just visit LaQuishaHall.com 
visit the contact page to submit your story for consideration for next year. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And again, you're listening live with um, the man in the mirror with Hezekiah L. Montgomery and um, the host and the co-host, Michelle Johnson. You can call in at 917-889-2271. Press the number one on your phone if you have any comments. We have a lot going on tonight, and we learned a lot about this fantastic young lady. Um, And um, the... Chat room is going on. I mean, it's going on like popcorn. Every time I turn around, there's something else there. <laughs> and uh, we got our, our fantastic friend uh, from Healing Through Hurt, Maria Wall. See, Maria Wall, she's just chatting away, as she always do. And, you know, we're just having a good time on here. Um, now, with the She Rose program, you say this is your second year that you've done this? Yes, this is only the second year. We started it in 2014, and we separated the causes when we started. In 2014, in April, we honored sexual abuse survivors, and then this past year, the second year, in October, we honored domestic violence survivors. Okay. And what, you know, where did the idea of the sheroes come from? Oh, that's a great question. So <laughs> I've actually had this idea in my head for years. It, it stemmed from what I said in the beginning of the call where I had the opportunity to share my story on a pageant stage. I do realize that the average person or everyday, you know, we don't everyday find people entering pageants, so that wouldn't be the platform for everyone. And so I just kind of in my head thought, how can I get other people in a position where they can do this without entering a pageant? And so I just had in my head that I would create something for them where they just share their story. And there are opportunities like that across the nation in different events, like Take Back the Night, and events similar to that. However, I wanted them to feel honored. I wanted them to feel elegant. I wanted them to feel important. And so creating it to look like an award and be an award ceremony was very important to me. To have the cocktail attire feel and all of that was very important to me. And to have someone pour into them, as Miss um, Marilyn Mosby did this, this year, uh, was also important to me. So I didn't want it to be like some meet at the library kind of situation. I wanted them to feel like they were honored. And that's really where the idea came from, is I was mimicking what I experienced in my past. And I like the idea, you know, because when I'm like, she rose, what the heck is a she rose? So I said, okay, let me just go. You know, I'm a man, okay? I'm honest. I'm like, I'll go find out what's going on. You know, I'm honest. Look, I'm going to keep it real. You know, she rose. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's see what's going on. And I like, you know, uh, and I'll be honest as well, I like, you know, you hear about the district attorney, mm-hmm. but now you get a chance actually hear her. Everybody has a story. That's one thing people don't realize, as you say. Everybody has a yeah. story. We don't know where, you know, you came from, you told us. We didn't know. We see her. We see what she get, We see what she went through. But it was just mm-hmm. good to be able to hear, hear her story because that right. way that's an encouragement to all others that have been mm-hmm. listening. 
you know, you know, you don't get to where she was just overnight and not working. Everybody has to work. Everybody has to struggle. Everybody has to go through. And to be one of the youngest in her category is an honor anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, she is a shining example of what a she-rose is. And so the name of the event is really just a play on words. Um, roses are esteemed as some of the most beautiful flowers that we have. However, there are thorns on it. Sometimes it can cause some pain or, you know, cause some hurt, but it's very beautiful to look at. And if you get through the thorns, you can experience the beauty. So that was part of the reason for the name, as well as the play on words, heroes, like heroes, um, the word mm-hmm. heroes. And um, and I, I just want them to flourish, just like a flower, in our community and be outspoken for the cause. So that was the reason for the name. And But this year we did have a Heroes Award. Uh-huh. However, um, <laughs> we, we did have one male survivor who was who came forward with his story. However, he couldn't be at the event this year, but he never backed down from sharing his story publicly. So I'm thankful for that. Amen, 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 because we need men to get out there and tell their story. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, um, um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, C. Maria Wall wrote in. Man, men always talk, you know, in the chat room. Men always told man up, man up. You know, yeah. you know, be a man. But men have feelings too. You know, men. Right. You know, men. Have, you know, men have learned. We teach our little boys. Oh, don't. You know, don't cry. Don't this and don't do that. But we have to realize that men are human. Even Jesus right. Christ wept. John, if I'm correct, John 11:36, when um, when Zechariah, you know, passed. No, Zacchaeus, Zechariah, when he passed, um, he told them, "Come forth," and he cried. I'm sorry, Lazarus. That's it. When Lazarus, you know, he told Lazarus when he heard Lazarus died, Jesus wept. That means he had feelings. Mm-hmm. He's a grown 33 year old man, and he wept. But what we do, we tell our young people, hey, men don't cry. Man up. You know, you don't have to cry. Well, you know what? We have feelings. If you cut us, we're going to bleed. If you hit us, we're going to hurt. But we Mm -hmm. have to continue to understand that men go through almost the same things that women go through. And you proved it. I mean, you had your heroes, you know, um, person that, you know, couldn't make it, but it was there. He was just Mm -hmm. one of the few that came out and told his story because a lot of right. us didn't tell our story. We probably had a chance to, and it probably would have turned out completely different in our lives if we would have. But because, you know, men are supposed to be macho. At the song, macho man, we're supposed to be macho. You know, if we're getting hurt, if we're getting kicked, if we're getting beat or if we're getting abused, we're not supposed to say anything. Right. Okay, we're winding down to our last a little over five minutes. You're listening to The Man in the Mirror um, with Hezekiah L. Montgomery and Michelle Johnson. And if you want to call in, just you know, say a few words before we, as we're winding down, you can call in at 917-889-2271. That's 917 889 
1-800-826-1671. And I just want to tell you, I've had a fa- I've been having a fantastic time just listening and learning. Listening and learning. That's what I like to do. You know, just listen to your story because, again, you witnessed this stuff from childhood and you rose. Mm-hmm. You were the first one that rose above the odds. Everybody can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, everybody can't rise above the odds. And we have to realize that those who have are special people. Any last um, comments, Michelle? I just wanted to say, as you said, I've definitely been enjoying this conversation. And I'm just uh, really glad that there are people like you, Lucretia, who once you have made it through, and this is one of the things that you guys were bringing out at your uh, event about uh, people not being or calling themselves victims, but instead survivors because they made it through. And I think that's just really important. And you being able to share and help other people to be able to make it through and be able to share their story, it's it's just really a blessing. But uh, I did want to bring out before before we go off egg, you had one more recent milestone that you just completed, right? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You know, I'm oh, you can tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is on topic still. I actually wrote mm-hmm. a book about my story of overcoming sexual abuse in my childhood. Actually, it was incest, but I, I, I just really detest that word. But um, I wrote this story. It took me almost 10 years to complete it, but with the help of my publisher, Tashina Davis of Purposely Creative Publishing, I was able to not only complete it, yes, I love her, and she is everything, <laughs> but I wasn't only able to complete it, but because of her push, I was able to become a, a best, it was a bestseller online through Amazon.com within the first eight hours of its release. The title wow. of the book is Unholy Communion. And the story is told from three different perspectives, the perspective of the victim, the mother, and the perpetrator. So um, as much as we want to condemn pedophiles, they do have a story behind why they are the way they are and what they do. And so I tried to paint that picture because I've forgiven him, and I do believe that there's a story behind why he preyed on me as a child. So I tried to paint that picture in the story. So I'm thankful. Thank you for bringing that up, Michelle. <laughs> we didn't want well, to make we sure you mention that again. So people... yeah. <laughs> well, we just want to make sure we get that out there so people can go online and, and you know, and buy, purchase your book because that is Thank a milestone. You. And I always tell people things happen in God's time. I'm sure people push you. When you're gonna be done? When you're gonna be done? When you're gonna be done? Things happen in God's time, and His time is always the right time. Amen. And and again, I've enjoyed everything tonight. Um, we're winding down. Um, we have about under a minute to go, but Laquisha. 
I just wanted to tell you that I enjoyed every moment of what was going on today. And we will probably have you come back because we want you to come back and, you know, just give us updates of what's going on. And I'm actually going to have one of your um, awardees yes. on the 27th, Ms. Flora Carter. She is going to be on here on the 27th. So please be looking out. Next week on the 20th, we're going to have Perpetual Praise Friday. So you can tell everybody about that. We're going to be praising about your book. We're going to be praising about everything that's been going on, the new platform that we're you know, continuing to work on. But, again, we just want to thank you. I thank all my listeners tonight. You guys have been fantastic. All those who have been in the chat room, you guys have been great. Um, it's been a wonderful interview, as I said. And now, you know, LaQuisha, you are now part of the Man in the Mirror family. And if oh, you guys yeah, have, you. I would like you could, if you guys have any more questions or information, we'll, you know, we'll, it's still on our event page. So if you want to find out any more information, please go there. Please go to my website at www.hezekiahmontgomery.com and please sign my guest book. We're still doing the fundraiser for Rediscovering Kai the Play. Check on the website and hit the GoFundMe link, and it will take you to the backer page. And I just put that in God's hand because that's just a play that I'm doing um, that we're putting together from my book. So I'm trying to push it this, uh, up to the next level. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm kind of slow, but I'm going to be behind you, LaQuisha. I'm going to be a redo of my ebook, and I'm going to have Miss um, Tashina is going to be. I'm going to be getting with her because I'm going to push the ebook out there as well, just to get oh, that, that you know, awesome. get a re, get it redone. So yes, uh, you know, I've been, you know, that's been behind in my mind. But since we had her on the show last week, I just had, you know, I, the Lord has been working on me and said, okay, let's get get that ebook done again because talking to her. It's like she gets you, she make you work too hard, but that's okay. <laughs> because <laughs> that's okay because it's it's needed. So so mm-hmm. both and then once the ebook is done then I know I can actually start on my next journey or my next book, which I'm actually working on as well. But again, you guys have been great. I thank you for coming on the show and um I want you guys to have a great night. This has been Hezekiah Montgomery signing off, and I'll see you 